Good evening, everybody. This is the celebration of the night in which our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed. This is what we celebrate uh, every Sunday at this church when we hear the words of institution and when we receive the sacrament of the altar, a tangible taste of Christ, his forgiveness, and his grace. That's what Monday Thursday is all about. So let us begin our worship service. Will you please stand if you're able? Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God gave his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, in this wondrous sacrament, you have left us a remembrance of your passion. Grant that we may so receive the sacred mystery of your body and blood, that the fruits of your redemption may continually be manifest in us. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good evening. The first reading this evening is taken from the book of Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 31 through 34, can be found in your pew Bible on page 1227. The prophet Jeremiah instructs the Israelites in Judah about 600 BC that no one will have an excuse for not knowing God and the prophet foretells the coming of the Messiah. Jeremiah 31, beginning with the 31st verse. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them 
declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. The epistle this evening is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 15 through 25, and this can be found on page 1873 in your Bible. Although the author is unknown, it was probably written about 30 years after the resurrection to Jewish Christians who were ready to give up their faith due to intense persecution. Hebrews 10, beginning with the 15th verse. Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First he says, This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Christ. Our Gospel this evening is from Luke chapter 22, verses 7 through 20, and can be found on page 1637 in the Pew Bible. Luke records Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed, Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare it, they asked. And he replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? 
and he will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. And they left, and they found things just as Jesus had told them. They prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this, is, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the Meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Our, our salvation is, uh, well, it's messy business. As we consider the work that Jesus did for us on the cross, we should think, we should think about the dust and sweat, the torture and the pain, tears and blood. In his love for us, our Savior Jesus Christ endured all these things and more so that we could have the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation all that he wants to give to us. So yes, death is a messy, messy business. We see on TV the police dramas, and they tell us that death is indeed a, a messy business. And what we have found over the last few years, maybe a decade, we've found these shows that uh, feature forensic scientists, CSI. We have any CSI friends out there? You bet. It's interesting. And these shows often oversimplify the process of solving a crime. They've got an hour to do it. And they do portray death as a very messy business. No matter how hard the criminal tries to clean up the crime scene, there is always blood or saliva or fingerprints or some other form of DNA evidence or particulates, hair or something that's left behind to convict that criminal. 
Death is a messy business. Now this, this is why an important part of the Christian faith confesses, and rather, excuse me, confuses those that are outside the faith when we say that the blood cleanses us from all of our sins. In fact, in Scripture, uh, in Revelation 7, 14, we come across, we have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Can you see how that would confuse somebody outside the church? How in the world does blood make something white and clean? And anyone who has ever had a nosebleed or even a minor cut can tell you that blood does not make things white ever. That blood does not clean things. That blood makes a mess. The problem that we have is that in thinking like that, we forget about what blood does when it is where it is supposed to be. True, blood makes a mess when it is outside of the body. But when blood is in the inside of the body where it's supposed to be, it does something entirely different. When the blood is inside the body, it brings oxygen and nutrition to the cells in the body, and it carries away the waste products and the cells uh, that, that, that die as part of their life cycle. It, the blood carries it inside the body, and it filters it. It keeps the inside of the body alive. Now, when we consider the cross, we consider the blood that Jesus shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins. And we know that he shed that blood into his death. He shed that blood into his death. His friends buried him in a borrowed tomb. But we also know that he did not remain in that tomb. That we know that he rose from the dead. And that we know that his body is now alive. We know that his body that was once dead is now alive. Amen? His blood that was once dead is a living blood once again. So in this evening's gospel, Jesus did something amazing with his living blood. He gave it to his disciples. And Jesus transformed one of the cups of the Passover meal into a new thing. This evening's gospel tells us that as he gave the cup to his apostles, he said, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So in a way, that, that's a way that we can understand that he joined his blood to the wine of the Passover ceremony, and he gave it to the apostles. Now, as the blood in our bodies brings nutrition to our cells and carries away the waste, so also Jesus, the blood of Jesus, that is Christ in 
with and under the wine, it brings Christ's righteousness to us, and it carries away our sins. It cleanses, and it refreshes us from the inside. It gives us forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. It is the blood that was shed for us and is now living blood. In this evening's gospel, we also learn that Jesus gave his body to the apostles in, with, and under the bread of the Passover ceremony. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the miracle of this meal, Jesus has promised that the body that he gave up on the cross is alive again and given to us in and with and under the bread. Jesus gives us his body and his blood in this way out of a pure, a pure divine love and also a divine mercy and a divine grace. The truth is, we have no merit or worthiness in us. In fact, it is when we are feeling unloved and weak and weary and troubled by our sin and doubt, that is when we need this meal the most. There's no better time to be drawn to our Savior's holy altar and receive this saving feast. This is the hour that you most desperately need to be nourished and sustained and comforted. Jesus said this, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. And that word that is translated as covenant, it also carries with it the idea of a last will and testament. In fact, later on in the service, in every Sunday service, you hear these words again when I say, this is the new covenant in my blood. And the benefit of this last will and testament of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is unique. Now ordinarily, when we are the heirs of a will, the person who drew up the will is, is dead. And Jesus was dead, and so the terms of his will went into effect. However, he rose again. He rose from the dead, and so we get to enjoy the benefits of his will in his living presence. He is here in, with, and under the elements. Jesus is here. In fact, it is his living presence, his body and blood, that he gives to us in his estate, his last will and testimony. And at that risk of sounding like an infomercial or a commercial, uh, I'm going to say it anyways, but, but wait, there's more. 
Every time we prepare for this holy meal and I say the words, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, these words are to remind us that this meal is a little bit of heaven come to earth. We are not just eating alone. We are not just eating with our brothers and sisters here at Reformation Lutheran Church. We are eating with the whole Christian church on earth and all the hosts of heaven. We are participating in this holy meal with our loved ones who have died in the Lord. It is a foretaste of the feast to come. So when we see and smell and taste the bread and the wine of the sacrament, Jesus is working through his servant, that's me, to put his forgiveness into your mouth in his body and his blood. He invites us to that same table with the disciples, that same table where he says to us, this is my body which is given for you. This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. And this is the same one, the same Jesus who spoke at the beginning of all time in Genesis 1-3. He said, let there be light, and there was light. It's the same Jesus that created the fish and the birds and the stars and the planets and the whole universe with words. This is the same one who stood at the wedding, at the wedding of Cana and immediately changed water into finely aged wine, heavenly wine, wine that has never ever better tasted, ever. It's the same one who has done such great things through words that sat at this table and said, this is my body. And with this bread and this wine, we have the body and the blood of Jesus. And we know it because Jesus does it. And what God says he does, he actually does. It's not just a silly thing I say. What promises does he keep? What promises does God keep? All of them. So when he says, this is my blood and this is my body, we got to take him at his word. He's there. So when you hear about his wounds and the blood that he shed this week, remember that this blood, his blood is life for you. That this blood is the forgiveness we desperately need. And that we can have true and complete forgiveness in no other way. Remember that this is the life blood that he gives to us. That it is his life blood that becomes our life blood. Because of his blood, we have forgiveness. Because of his forgiveness, we have life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Will you please stand?
Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Nicene Creed found on page three of your bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate with the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that we turn from our evil way and live. We come before you, although we have sinned and deserve only your wrath, yet we flee to your mercy in Christ Jesus, our Lord, who gave his body and his blood for our redemption. Lord, grant that we may ever thus believe and never waver. Grant that in such faith we may worthily come to your altar to eat the very body and drink the true blood which your Son has given for our redemption. In thanksgiving, we remember and proclaim the sufferings and death of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom we place our trust. Until his return, graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Will you pray with me? We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us. Well, you know what? Let's not do that. We have to do communion. <laughs> I am so sorry. It's kind of the whole point. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is 
indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse your hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus taught to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. So tonight, um, we will do uh, intinction. Um, that is where I will hand out the element of the bread and um, I have Debbie is going to uh, hold the chalice and she'll tilt it a little bit towards you and you just dip it in there. And, and so that's how we will do it tonight. And then you can proceed to your, uh, to your seats after and then I'll give you a blessing after communion. Okay. All right. So come. The table is prepared. We... Give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this healing gift. And we pray that through it, you would graciously strengthen us in faith toward you and in love toward one another. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
from Psalm 116. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Truly, I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord.